the concept of um, going from being lost to connected. Uh, so um, in Life Lab, uh, a big thing that uh, is recommended or suggested is um, to do these things called daily practices. And so the suggestion is to read a psalm, a proverb, um, and then another choice book of the, um, of the Bible, a chapter um, every day. It's to listen to uh, music, um, inspired music, worship music, meditative music, um, and also to spend time um, in meditation and prayer. And um, I've been doing that for a while now. And um, Josh and I actually were talking the other day about how, how we notice that oftentimes when stuff goes awry in our life, um, and it's not that this is magic, but we're like, oh, I didn't even do my devos today. I didn't do my stuff today. And it's like, oh, how quickly I can get off the rails because um, I'm not connecting to God right thing, right first thing in the morning. Um, and so just a little, uh, a little mm, plug, if you ever want to speak this meeting, this is what I do. I do my devos, I spend time with God, and I will often ask God different things. And sometimes he just plucks things into my lap and says, what about this? And so that's what happened a few days ago. Um, I knew I was speaking today and I had an idea of what I was gonna talk about, but then God seemed to give me an idea. Um, and so I decided to go with this instead. So that's what you do. Go on to the top of your journal and make little, little stars and write your thing. And if someone ever asks you to speak, got something anyway um so i have been reading in the book from the good book um of luke uh it's a gospel um it's a lot of just jesus's life and um and so i was uh i was reading um the story you might even know this even if you're not familiar with um the bible a lot of people know about the story of the prodigal son um, or it can be called the, the, the parable of two sons, um, because we get to see both two sons and a father and um, the relationship and interactions and the happenings that we get just a snapshot of. So I'm going to actually start off by reading that um, and, and then go through kind of some of the things I took away from it, um, it pertaining to recovery. So, um, yeah, I'll just start reading it. To illustrate the point further, this Jesus was talking about um, um, lost sheep that Jesus would go if one if 90 if he has 99 sheep he would go after just one because he really cares about his sheep and wants to make sure they're all um, together and so Jesus told him this story a man had two sons the younger son told his father I want my share of your estate now before you die so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his field, fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. 
I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you, or, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the flat the fattened calf his father said to him look dear son you have always stayed by me and everything i have is yours we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life he was lost but now he is found and so as i am um, as i was reading that i was really struck. I mean, I've read it many times in my life. I've heard it many times in my life. I've probably done many a Sunday school as a child on it. Um, and I was just really struck. Um, I, about two years ago, the pandemic hit. Um, and that January, just before it hit, um, I attended my first CODA meeting. Um, I had done um, I had done Life Lab prior to that, but realized it, I needed just a little bit more help. And, um, and so uh, a pandemic hit and I got to dig deeper into recovery because, hey, there was not a lot to do. So why not attend some meetings and why not, you know, take on the 12 steps? It's like, I don't have much else to do, um, but I really needed it. Um, but I, uh, yeah, so I, I could really relate to both sons. Um, so I've been, and I've been both sons. I've been the son that has been lost. Um, I think for a long time, I, I had a hard time identifying with this lost son because I grew up going to church. I grew up knowing about God. I really felt like I had God, I knew God. Um, and in many ways, sure I did, but there was so much in me that was lost when I first came into the rooms and when I first started really looking into the 12 steps and discovering um, some really deep problems and wounds that were in my life. Um, I, I started to realize actually how lost I was, even though I thought maybe I wasn't. And spoiler, spoiler alert, the second son is also lost. They're both, both lost in their own way. Um, and so I would say for me, um, I, had a, I had a thought the other day uh, a few weeks ago, um, 
of how, like, when, like, when did I, you know, return to the house of God? Like, did I ever run away? Was I ever, was I ever that first son in that way? And, um, and I think so. I think that I was so lost without knowing it. I, I think that, um, yeah, I've left God in a lot of ways. I've been really angry. I've, I've run away. I, I've pretended, uh, or I've just, you know, in a way acted like God was dead. And which is what this son did is he asked for an inheritance. Basically he said to him, like, you're dead to me. I want my money that I would get when you're dead, but I want it now. And I'm going to run away and do what I want to do. Um, and I've lived that similarly. Um, and, you know, for me, it was like running away with all of my fear and all of my resentment. Um, I was living just in that way. And I had no idea. I was in denial um, of my own ad addiction to adrenaline in ways that ultimately I would play God. Um, my life dishonored God. I was trying to please me. I was trying to please other people. Um, but my actions... Um, were not showing God at all, even though I, I would live under the, I would say I was Christian and maybe I was, I think I was, it's confusing sometimes. Um, but I don't think that I was actually turning my life and will over to the care of God, um, which I've been convinced of that that's what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't me sitting over here and Jesus is over there. And I'm like, you stay there. I'll stay here. I'll come to you when I need something. But then like, besides that, let's just kind of, you know, keep our distance. Don't tell me to do anything that would make me uncomfortable or, or anything like that. Like, I just, I really like having you around. You feel really good to me. Um, but you know, did I use God for pain relief? Just like I used other things for pain relief. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I used God. And I think that this son used his father for what he could get from him so he could go off on his way and do what he wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, my return um, wasn't perhaps this instant, like quick decision. I, I know people that have had these beautiful um, stories of like, like they were like this, you know, they were involved in dot, 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 and, and, and filling their own problem and creating like the solution to the, what their they thought their problem was and all this kind of stuff. But like in an instant, it seemed that there was a turning point and they just like went 180 degrees that way. But that wasn't the case for me. I feel like um, me coming into recovery was a slow burn. And I think that I just didn't really realize what was going on. I was so far in denial um, that, um, and I think God's like that. I think he's gentle and he, he knows who we are. He's created us. And so, um, and so I think he works with us the way that maybe perhaps we need to be worked with. And I can relate to that for sure as, you know, as minimally as being a parent and each of my kids are different. Like Josh and I were talking about the other day, like, like Henry, even when it comes to like consequence and discipline and, you know, our son, Henry, like, um, Josh told this story last night to our friends. Um, they got a timeout. I don't even know why they got a timeout, but Josh put them on timeout and they both had to go into the same room upstairs. And it's so funny. They couldn't be any more different. Henry is kicking and he's five. He's kicking and screaming and rolling around on his bed. And he's so mad. How dare you put me in this room? This is the worst punishment that could ever happen to me. And then our daughter is sitting there happily reading her books. She's 
Like, this is not punishment. Are you kidding me? This is the best thing that could have happened. I can go to my room and read all my books. And so I think God, like, we probably could um, do things differently, Josh, probably, um, to figure out how to, to, you know, get things through to our children in different ways. But I think God's like that. He, in some ways, that he would um, work with each of us different. He gets through to us differently. Um, and so... At the end of the day, my being lost and running away from God and being disconnected from God, not living in the house with God, um, it took willingness. And that's the thing, is that I realized at some point that I need to be teachable. I need to be willing because I didn't have all the answers. I was tired of the way that I kept answering things. I was tired of the way that my life was going and I needed, um, yeah, and so did this son hit his rock bottom? We talk about that a lot in recovery. Perhaps it seems like that this could have been his rock bottom. Um, and so his solution wasn't working anymore. Um, he ran out of his money. He ran out of all the fun times. Probably his friend ditched him because his friends ditched him because he doesn't have any money to party anymore with all of the extravagant things that he was doing. So he goes and gets hired on and becomes a guy that um, he uh, cares for pigs. And I was thinking about it too, that very likely this um, this man was a Jewish fellow because Jesus is telling the story and pigs are the dirtiest of the dirty. Like you're not supposed to eat them, let alone like feed them and be in a pit with them. Like that's not, um, that's like the worst. Like that's, I think the rock bottom for this man. Um, and so he did things he probably never thought he would do or things that he wish he would never get to. Um, and I, I really related to that of just like, there's things that I've said in my life and done in my life where I'm like, I would never do that. I would never say that. And all of a sudden, months later, I find myself doing that and saying that. And it's like, oh, that's sobering. But then I make another vow. Okay, well, this isn't so bad. It's not so, so bad. Uh, I would never do that. Like, that's not the thing I wouldn't do. But I do that too. And so this is just the progression of, of addiction. This is um, the progression of... Um, even if you don't identify here as an addiction, um, this is our disconnectedness from God. This is our spiritual sickness. If we are living in fear, if we are living in anger and resentment and in denial and unwilling and minimizing and not wanting to see what's really going on because none of us are perfect. None of us have it all figured out. Um, that's real. And so I think everybody has to come to a point in their life of being like, okay, like this isn't working for me anymore. Um, there's a turning point. All my notes, here we go. Um, and so I was also struck by uh, the father's heart for his lost son. That was the biggest reason I think why I chose to talk about this was just because it was filled with joy and compassion and like he wasn't mad at him. Like he, he wasn't resentful. He wasn't angry. He wasn't harsh. He wasn't um, scolding or saying like, I told you so. I told you this would happen. You took my money. You ran away. I knew it would turn out like this. It, the father wasn't like that. The father came running and like had these open arms and he was full of love. He was full of compassion. He was so merciful to him. He was so gracious. He was just overjoyed and he, he took his things of value, this fattened calf, 
He threw a party who put sandals on him. He put a ring on his finger. He got a robe to wrap around him. And he, I just feel like that's, I think a part of why, a, the biggest part of why I even felt okay to go into a recovery program is because I had to believe that God wouldn't scold me and God wouldn't be mad at me for all of the things that I had done, all of the things I said, all of the ways that I should get it together. He didn't. He is gentle and he's kind. He's full of compassion and he celebrates every single time anyone comes back to his house and says, hey, sorry, God, I messed up. I've I've sinned against you. I've, I've been disconnected from you. I've been living like da, 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 da. And he's like, it's okay. I'm just so glad you're home. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, um, his sonship was recovered. He got to come home. He got to um, live in the father's house again. And and I think just a quick side note too is just like the thing I was thinking of too is that so often that's like the newcomer. This these meetings, what I love about these meetings are newcomers, people that are coming and exploring for the first time, and and it's almost like. Um, they're that son number one. And perhaps we're kind of like the son number two. We, I try not to be, I'll get more into that. But like, but just this welcome and this embrace of like, we are so glad you're here. And, and that's how I wanna live. Like that's how I want um, things to be inside of me is that when someone returns home um, to embrace them and love them as God would. And so son number two, so son's here. They're having a huge party. He's working in the fields. He's doing all the stuff he's supposed to be doing. And he gets super ticked off because he's like, well, okay, my brother's home. And like, my dad is acting like he didn't do all this stuff to us. Like, we're mad at him. Like, why are we embracing him? Like, we should tell them like, yeah, go work with the servants for a little while and earn your way up or something. Like, prove to us that you're really here for real. And, um, and he doesn't. So he's sulking. He's mad. Um, and uh, I was thinking, too, um, my son did this. And it struck me because I do this. But like, he, he'll say sometimes, like, let's say our daughter will say like, oh, Adelaide, you've done such a wonderful job at this. Like, oh, your, your art project is so beautiful. And if we haven't immediately said to him that his is also, he'll be like, hey, well, what about mine? Like, is it mine beautiful? And I think like, I'm like, oh, I do that too. You know, if someone like someone walks in a room or something, know, it's silly, but oh, look at you, you look so wonderful today. And I'm like, well, what about me? Do I not look wonderful today? And it's like, and that's just, it's amazing how quick we go there as humans that we are often needing that praise. And, um, and I, yeah, I just really do the same thing. Like I have this insecurity inside of me, this comparison, this competition and thinking only about me um, and recovery has taught me. It's not about me. It's not, it's recovery has actually given me this beautiful gift um, ha that has caused me to be less self-absorbed um, it, I'm starting to find that security and that dependence, um, dependence on God. Um, hopefully I'm becoming less selfish. I think so. Uh, and just more of just wanting to, there's this attitude change that's, that's happened inside of me. I, I, I laughed about it the other, the other day. I was like, I really love working with people. It's such a highlight. I, I've met, I, I met a friend at the park the other day and, um, and she opened up about what was going on with her and, 
and it was amazing. I was like, oh God, as if you put someone beautiful like this in my path that I get to encourage today. Um, that's not what Joanne was like two years ago. Like I was, no, I was like, oh, great. Like, okay, I'll try to help you because that's the good thing to do or whatever. Like, honestly, it's not so beautiful in my mind. Um, and And yet like God has shifted things of just being like, I want to be of help. I've found um, just this new purpose that is like wanting to to serve others and I wanting to serve God. Um, and so when we get into, for me, when I've gotten into healing and recovery and life lab, um, all this kind of stuff, I'm now being invited to be a part of God's family, his child. And so I'm not really called to be, it's kind of like being the son. I, I was thinking about the recovery life of the, the second son say his attitude was different he's lived with god the whole time it said something about um what when the father responds to him and look to your son you've always stayed by me and everything i have is yours and i think that that's it i, I forget that that i'm living in god's house now that i am choosing to be connected to god i'm living in god's house i have everything available i am an heir to all the things of God, to his kingdom, um, being his child. The problem is, is when I get in the way and I start getting prideful and I start getting mm, like this, I deserve these things and I start changing and either I run away or I stay and sit in that house filled with resentment and fear. Either way, um, it's just not good. It's not connected to God. Um, and so um, just looking here, if there's anything else worth saying. <laughs> I think, yeah, in reality, I float between both is what I wrote, but ultimately I am a child of God. I need an attitude change. I need to become less like these sons and connect with God because that is recovery. Recovery is, is that connection to God. I know I've said it probably a million times during this talk, but I just think it's really important. Um, I love a few weeks ago, someone was talking about freedom and that we are supposed to be free every single day. We're not supposed to be free yesterday and maybe not today so much, and maybe you'll be free tomorrow. Recovery actually promises me that freedom every single day. Um, and it's just contingent on that, on that connection to God. Um, my journal entry, I'm going to just read it to close here. Um, uh, as I was, as I stumbled across and was reading this, this part of the good book, um, this is what I journaled. I learned that it isn't about me and it's not about praising me. When I decide to come home and stay, he blesses that. He isn't less excited about me. He still wants to celebrate. He grows and matures me in his house, being close to him, working with him side by side. This is where I get to join with the Father in welcoming others home, those that are lost. Pride and fear of what others see in me, needing praise and validation, that is really real for me. Recovery life, though, is living in the house of God, not in my own house of independence, but with God, dependent on God. I get a new life and I get a new attitude. <laughs>